0: Merry Christmas, welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Today is the conclusion of our Christmas series called Good News, Great Joy. Pastor Nicole has been examining the people and circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus in the Bible. So what is the good news? Very simply, it's that God wants to be close to you and he sent his son to earth for you. Today, Pastor Nicole is going to show how this incredible moment changed the world forever and how it can change your life today. So let's get started.
1: For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince. Of peace of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore
2: is good news and great joy for this Christmas and people must know right people must know we carry yeah thank you God go ahead you're allowed to clap and smile during this we carry the same sense of urgency as the shepherds in that clip that people must know and the best news in the world is that Christ the Lord has come as the savior for us all all right, we're going to start by doing a little faith exercise at this very special service. If you come to church here very often, you know I am a full participation kind of pastor. All right, so if you thought you could sneak in and sneak out, bad news. I'm going to ask Pastor Adam to come up here really quick. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I simply want you to, in just a moment, turn to someone near you, put, their hand, put your hand on their shoulder and say yes. All right, just like that. Yes. All right, Pastor Adam, pass this yes around. All right, he's going to pass it around. Maybe you feel comfortable doing to the people that you're with, just say yes, say it out loud. Make sure everybody has a yes. Pass it down the pews, up the, up the galleyways, all right. Everybody get a yes? All right, if you didn't get a yes, turn to the person next to you and be like, you failed, you failed already. All right, everyone got a yes? You just experienced the Christmas story. You just received what the shepherds received that holy night you received and you passed on the good news that the angel spoke. Jesus, the child in the manger that we receive and we celebrate today is the sign of God's yes to you and to me. Jesus is the embodiment of God's yes to all people. And when Jesus came in that manger, he will spend the rest of his life saying yes. Yes to the poor and hungry, yes to the sinners. Yes to the outsiders, yes to the wedding couple who ran out of wine, yes to the lepers who needed healing, yes to the prostitutes and tax collectors who needed redeemed, yes to the woman caught in adultery who needed rescued, yes to Lazarus who needed raised from the dead, yes to Nicodemus and Mary and Martha, yes to Peter and James and John, yes to his father when he willingly was sent to die on a cross and yes to you, and yes to me. Jesus is God's yes to us in the world. And regardless of who you are, where you're from, what you've done or left undone, or what's happening in your life today, you get a yes. There's no one who does not get a yes. Yes is the gift of Christmas. I love how God's yes never comes wrapped in an economy of transaction. We live in a world in which you pay for what you want. Some of you paid for a lot of what you wanted this week. Am I right? (laughs) And your husband found the receipts of what you paid for what you want. But we're expected to return the favor. We're expected to pay off the debt or reciprocate in some way. In our world, you get what you pay for. But listen, that's not God's world. That's not God's way. God does not love if you're worthy of being loved. God loves unconditionally. God does not accept when you've proven yourself acceptable. And that's, God's acceptance is free. And God does not forgive after you've changed. How many of you are thankful for that? God just forgives. And God does not show up because you said your prayers or had enough faith or planned for confetti. God shows up because his presence is here abundantly. There are no prerequisites to God's yes. That's the gift of Christmas. God's overwhelming, joy-filled yes. And man, that is the best news. That is good news worthy of great joy. All right, so as a church, we've been studying Luke 1 and 2. I've encouraged you to read it on your own, Uh, but I want to look at Luke 2 today, just for a few minutes here. Uh, In Luke 2, verses four through seven, it talks about uh, the moment uh, that of Jesus being born. We saw it depicted via video today, which I thought was a really incredible just way to, to imagine what it might have looked like. But we see that Joseph goes to, um, he's from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, so he goes to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary because there was a census uh, who was pledged to be married to him. And I'm going to read in verse six. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, how many of you know that babies can't say much for the first few months of their life? Okay, mostly they just cry and sleep. Am I right? Sometimes they burp and fart. That gets less cute as older they get. Okay, it's cute at first. You're like, oh, they farted. And then later in life, not so cute. In Luke 2, this tiny child doesn't say any words. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus, he was fully God and fully man. But when he came out, he was not speaking. He was not preaching. He did not do anything out of the ordinary as a baby. He cried and he ate, (laughs) And he did these very ordinary things. Yet, Jesus' presence in this manger in Bethlehem speaks volumes. He had so much to say, even though he couldn't say a word. And so we're going to just talk about a couple things that I believe that the manger is telling us. And the first is this, that God arranges all things. God arranges all things. Have you ever thought about this? What if there is no such thing as coincidences? Like, what if everything that happens, every small and seemingly meaningless thing happens in perfect timing because there is a God who cares about you and cares about me. And he's in charge of all this. And from this stable in Bethlehem, Jesus is telling us that God is the master at arranging things. In fact, your world today might seem to be out of control, but God is still in charge. (laughs) And the plan of the Father all along was to have his son placed in a manger, and the place and the time that the man in, in that manner were all in his divine plan. I love how this is the, the truth. God did not catch, uh, God was not caught by surprise when there was no room at the inn. Okay, that didn't surprise God. In fact, God probably sent the customers ahead of time to fill the inn up. <laughs> he said, all right, I gotta send this ahead because here's the deal. I don't want Jesus to be born at the inn. I want Jesus to be born in the stable. I have a point to prove. And every piece of the Christmas story was arranged, every piece carefully set in motion to accomplish the perfect plans of God. The census, the donkey, the town in which Mary gave birth, the shepherds, the magi, all perfectly placed exactly to the minute how God wanted it to be. In 1937, Walt Disney released a full-length animated movie called Snow White and the Seven Doors. Ever heard of it? Anybody ever heard of it? All right, so this was the first animated movie, uh, especially in 1937. It was a gargantuan task. Disney artists drew over one million pictures, and every picture flashed onto the screen for a mere one twenty-fourths of a second. So when you watch the movie at regular speed, you don't notice that, right? It all seems so simple, like here it's just coming out of my TV. But our lives are a lot like that first animated movie. God puts infinite thought, skill, care, and careful attention into every detail. And as our lives run at regular speed, we have no idea how much God's providence fills every single second. We have no idea how much God's grace stitches together every move we make. Providence means God not only knows the big picture, but he also concerns himself with the tiniest of details. He upholds all things. He governs all events. He directs everything to its appointed end and he does this all the time. He did this in Bethlehem all those years ago and he's doing it for your life. And so no matter how things look in your world right now, no matter how they look to you, I want you to know, stay close to the Father because he's arranging things. He's arranging things. He's arranging things so the miracle is going to be born. All right, second, God changes things. How many would say, yeah, God changes things. God has changed me. God's changed something around me. All right, just say, come on, let's go. Yes, right, it's Christmas. You could say things, okay. God changes things. Now, When humanity was created, it's recorded that Adam and Eve, the first two human creatures, were fully had intimacy with God. Imagine this. They never felt far from him. They never struggled to believe or know him or see him. They didn't ever wonder, was this God's direction or really bad pizza I ate the night before? (laughs) Okay, they never had those questions. They were fully, as close as the person is sitting next to you, they knew God. But sin messed it all up. Sin separated us from God. Sin made it hard to see God and take him at his word. And sin kept us from the closeness with God. And it still does today. That's like the problem with sin. But God in his goodness had a solution. He had a game plan to change things. God planned to change the distance between us and God to come close. And Jesus was born of a virgin into a stable, fully human, so he could meet us right exactly where we are. He did that so he could be close to us. Check out Matthew 1:23. it says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And who is this God who comes close? Well, 700 years in advance, Isaiah prophesies who the son of God will be. This is my favorite Christmas passage, and he describes it this way, for to us a child is born, To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. The scripture says that the God who changes things, the God who arranges things, the God who comes close to us, he's a wonderful counselor. He is full of wonder. He's available to help us through the valleys and the mountains of life. He is a God who sympathizes with every emotion and need. And he's not just that, he's a mighty God. He he is far supreme to anyone or anything else. He's the greatest, he's the best. He is the name above all names. He is and will be the mightiest of all gods ever declared by humankind. And everything that we see, everything that lives, everything that has breath, every mountain, every lake, every star, every ocean, every tree, that's all made by God and sustained by this mighty God. And this is the same God who's like, hey, I wanna be close to you. I'm coming close to you. His name also is Everlasting Father. He sacrifices for us. He provides for us, cares for us. He will do all these things for us forever. And because of Bethlehem and the cross and the tomb, we can live in relationship with the Everlasting Father today. He loves us like only a good father can. And lastly, this passage says his name is Prince of Peace. He has the authority to dispense peace, to give out peace. You can't buy that anywhere, any place. The Prince of Peace is the only one that brings that something special into our hearts. The the word of God calls it shalom. It's that wholeness and completeness. It's the thing our hearts are missing. That's who God is. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, Prince of Peace, and he wants to come close to us and God and all these things, and so much more. I love how we see over and over in the scripture, everything Jesus touches, he changes. Everything Jesus touches, he changes, especially people and places that open up willingly to him. And maybe the best news about Isaiah 9-6 is that Jesus is not just Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, at Christmas, He's these things 24-7, 365, for eternity. This is the God that we serve every day, the God who comes close. Okay, so God arranges things, God changes things. Here's the last thing I want to pull out of Luke 2. God exchanges things. I was reading an article recently about a woman named Demi Skipper, in May of 2020, she found herself in a really difficult place financially. And so she uh, just got a bobby pin out of her, the drawer of her house, and she posted it on Craigslist and asked if anyone would trade her anything, just something for this bobby pin. It's all it felt like she, that's all she had of value. And a woman from Georgia who kind of felt bad for her graciously traded her a pair of earrings. So then Demi posted the earrings for trade, which eventually she, it turned into a set of margarita glasses. Then, the margarita glasses yielded her a vacuum. After a vacuum, she traded it for a snowboard, the snowboard for an Apple TV. The list went on and on, increasing a little in value each time, and Demi documented her exchange journey on social media and over five million people followed along. The journey ended last week when Demi acquired a house to live in in Clarksville, Tennessee. She started with a bobby pin. (laughs) Incredible, kind of, a little unbelievable, right? Like, this is kind of an incredible story, but an incredible story of exchanges. But I want to tell you today that's not the greatest story I've ever heard of exchanges. Jesus came in exchange for our sin. And he left heaven and came to earth in the manger. And Jesus made this exchange so we could live and love well on earth and eventually be in heaven with him forever. In God's great exchange, we give him the very worst we could possibly give. We give him our sin and our failure and our mistakes, but in exchange, we get the very best. We get forgiveness and peace. We get Jesus' righteousness and every blessing that God gives. We give him our bobby pin and he gives us a whole house to live in. All right, that's what God does in, in an even much bigger way. 2 Corinthians 5.18 talks about this. It says, now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What this means is as a sinner, I was an enemy of God. I had rebelled against him, breaking his commands. My sin kept me far from him. I couldn't hear God. I couldn't see God as he is. It kept me far from him. But when Jesus died for me on the cross, he purchased for me eternal peace with God. He exchanged my sin for his righteousness. And he did that for you too. And all you need to do is repent of your sin and ask Jesus to be your savior. Listen, he arranged for your salvation a long time ago. He, he touches, he, ever, he changes everything he touches. So if you experience Jesus, he's gonna change you and he will exchange your sins with his forgiveness and his righteousness. Do we deserve it? No, but he says, look, you give me your heart. You give me your broken life and I will fill you up. I will give you salvation and righteousness and peace. I will become into your life. I will be the mighty God. I will be the, the everlasting father. I will be the prince of peace. I will do these things for you. Maybe you're wondering today what to give Jesus for Christmas this year. You have everybody else checked on your list. After the last service, I stood in the lobby and people said, are you ready? Are you ready, pastor? Are you ready? And I started wondering if I was ready. (laughs) Like, do I have something for everybody? Do I have the salad for my in-laws tomorrow? Do I have all these things that I need? And maybe it's never even crossed your mind what to give Jesus for Christmas this year. But I want to tell you, he only wants one thing. He only wants one thing, He wants your heart. And not just part of it, but all of it. And no gift you give this year to anyone else will be more epic than that. No decision is more important and no one else can make it for you. In fact, if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus this Christmas, or maybe your heart, you've given it to Jesus before, but you've drifted a little bit and you you have some of your heart in your control and you need to evaluate, you know, I'm ready to give my whole heart back to Jesus again. Just like we started this message today, I wanna tell you something, He already says yes. Like you already have your yes from him. You don't have to go to Jesus and wonder what he's gonna say, because guess what? You already have your yes. (laughs) That Jesus is the embodiment of God's yes to all people. And he's here, he's born, and he is just waiting for your yes. You've got his. His is sealed by the blood of Jesus. His His is sealed by him being born in Bethlehem. You just have to give him yours. So here's what we're gonna do in this holy moment. If everyone could just bow their head and close their eyes right where you're at. If you're here today and you would say, look, I wanna give my heart to Jesus. This is my, this is, I haven't ever thought about what I'm gonna give to Jesus this Christmas, but I'm gonna give my heart to Jesus. Or maybe you would say your heart has been kind of half in and going into this new year, you wanna give your whole heart to Jesus. Just pray this prayer along with me. You can whisper it under your breath or just say it in your mind or write it out on a card. But let's just say this. I'm gonna pray this for us. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I confess that I have broken your law and that my sins have separated me from you. And so I confess my sin and I ask Jesus Christ to be my savior I believe that Jesus is your only son who was born in a manger, who died on a cross for me and rose from the dead on the third day. And so with all my heart and all my soul, I'm trusting you alone for my salvation. Please forgive my sin and save me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me a brand new person. I want to exchange what little I have for everything you have. And it's in your strong name I pray, amen, amen. Can you give God thanks for those that prayed that prayer today? The Bible says that all of heaven stops to rejoice when one person gives their heart to Jesus. In fact, if you're here today and you, uh, you prayed that prayer, would you just mark it on the card at the bottom of your bulletin and put it in the bucket on your way out? We just want, we're not, nothing weird is gonna happen. We're just gonna call you. We'd love to get you some resources, help you walk through this really important decision. Uh, so let me end with this. Magellan was a famous explorer uh, he and his crew explored the world. They they all, they all went all around the world and he was, uh, the story goes he arrived in this, uh, this kingdom called the Pacific Island Kingdom. And when they got there, they wanted to meet the king, uh, but they were told no one gets to speak to the king. They said, here's the process. If you wanna say something, you tell that servant and that servant goes and tells that other servant who's higher ranking. And that servant goes and can speak to the brother of the king And the brother is allowed to speak to the governor of the king, but not directly. Uh, He could only speak through like a speaking tube that went through the wall. And the governor on the other end of the tube would then and only then relay the message to the king. Okay, so, so here's the point. The king of the Pacific Island was inaccessible. Kings are off limits, they're distant. There's walls and obstacles and servants and systems before you can ever speak to a king. Not many of us have the president of the United States on speed dial, right? There's a process. There are things you have to do, there's distance. Yet in contrast, the king of kings, the king of all kings wanted so badly to be close to us that Emmanuel, God with us, made him, completely and entirely accessible through sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to be born in Bethlehem as a baby. And you know how we get to our King, the King of Kings? One whisper broken prayer. One Jesus, I need you. One just maybe pathetic kind of prayer that comes out of your mouth, and you know what? God comes running to you. Because He's nothing like the kings of the earth. Our King arranges things Our King changes things and our King exchanges things. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to our King of Kings. May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Merry Christmas. Have a wonderful night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Merry Christmas from all of us at Erie First to you and yours. We'll see you next time.